This is Chris Carson. You listen to Roster Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the epic Roster Watch podcast brought to you by rosterwatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap, joined today by a man many of you guys here on YouTube will recognize from his uh, YouTube content and his contributions there, as well as the comments section and various other articles at rosterwatch.com. His name is Alan Seslowski. You can find him on Twitter at Alan Seslowski, S E S L O W S K Y. And you guys might not know, you might not have heard, maybe Alan, you can just kind of talk about it. Our partnership with Dynasty Depot, uh, which is going to be a, I mean, they have, they have plans to do some really cool stuff with FFPC and um, sort of really revolutionizing the way that Dynasty teams are bought and sold in different ways, you know, angles you can play with that. Uh, They have their, you know, they've had their soft launch. They have their big launch coming up. Soon and Roster Watcher will be their, I guess, what their exclusive provider of dynasty rankings. That's something that you know I'll be overseeing that you're going to be heading up. And I figured it'd be fun to have a podcast now that I'm texting you all the goddamn time, all this bullshit about (laughs) what I think of the rankings. I'm like, let's just get on a podcast and talk it out. So, uh, Alan, introduce yourself and tell them what it is that you're doing. Well, first and foremost, thank you for being one of three people that pronounces my name correctly. Uh, you know, having grown up in grade school with everyone calling me says Lewski, says Low Sky, and everything like that. <laughs> and the, you saying Alan Sislowski, uh, it warms my soul. Uh, yeah, no, you talked about our the partnership that Roster Watch is doing with Dynasty Depot. And I, I when you first had Nelson from Dynasty Depot on your podcast, I, my, a lights went off in my head. I, I thought this was such a cool idea. Now, you know, you and I, one of the things that we've talked about is one of the most fun things in dynasty fantasy football is drafting the team but not everybody is as confident or as experienced or can do rookie evaluations like you do and can draft the team so what dynasty depot is is a place where you can go in and with their partnership with ffpc if they have if you have a dynasty team there you could take your team and actually put it on the market and sell it to somebody else or if you want to go in and buy a team, a team that's already won a championship, a team that's in rebuild mode and is loaded with first round picks, you don't have to go in. You can start from that point. So let's just say there's a high stakes league. Let's call it a $250 league. You know, I mean, it could be a $500 league. Doesn't matter. You can go in there and you can make a bid on a team that has gutted itself and has Justin Jefferson, AJ Brown on it, and three first round picks. So you can start. From any chapter, it's like playing a video game. You could start from any chapter of the 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 life of that dynasty team, and I think it's such a cool idea. I can't wait to buy my first team this summer. Well, and and the other thing is, it's like if you if you use our tools or if you're a a, a, a good drafter like we are, and you just go in into one of these dynasty drafts and you just draft the nuts, and you're like, dude, this team, like this team, it, it, the expected the, the the expected value for this team is worth more than that, whatever the 
the exactly two, the two hundred fifty dollar buy in. I'm gonna see if I can auction this thing off for you know three hundred twenty five bucks and just make that that quick seventy five bucks just on the fact that I drafted so well. It's just it, it, there's a million different ways that you can play it. Regardless, it's Dynasty Depot. I think it's the Dynasty but um, yeah, we're gonna have our rankings on there exclusively. Yeah, one, and Alex, I was just gonna say one of the things that I hear in in the on the rosterwatch.com message boards all the time is in addition to all the thousands of questions, who should I start? It's when are you guys gonna have dynasty rankings? I mean, roster watch year after year, get shout outs from Matthew Berry, from the Podfather, from everybody about having, hey, thanks for letting me know about Antonio Gibson, uh, you know, in December. Uh, and right. it's it's time that roster watch, I'm glad that we're doing it this year, uh, is going to finally put up some some rock solid dynasty rankings with all of our collaboration. And, you know, we, 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 we've always had the, the dynasty rookie draft rankings. We've always had our rookie rankings. That's what we do all offseason, of course. But this is different. We've never had dynasty startup ranking so we're going to be talking in the context of sort of this first run this primer this first look at the 2021 dynasty startup rankings and for the sake of our, since we haven't done our, our, our evaluation yet on that like i don't know how i'm going to stack up you know rondale moore versus rashad bateman or Najee harris versus travis Etienne, or you know what i mean like um we're not going to be talking specifically about rook, where rookies could fall here, but we're going to be talking about sort of the sort of the the veteran players, the, the veteran player pool. And as you know, we get our evals done on the rookies, we will then be saying like, all right, well, look, we had we had sort of we had 2021 20, RB1 slotted right around here. So it's looking like that's going to be more like it's, you know, this guy or this guy or this guy. And those things will evolve. But I think it brings up some good discussions uh, just right now to talk about it. And. The first thing I just want to talk about right off the very top is this Alvin Kamara um, slotting. Alvin Kamara looks like he'll be age 25. And I'm just – I my here's – I think I would rather have Saquon Barkley in Dynasty than Alvin Kamara. And my reasoning is Saquon Barkley is two years younger. Saquon Barkley coming out was the better prospect. Um and Alvin Kamara, it's just I, I've been worried about this three-game sample that we've seen with Taysom Hill about the targets. The target share has fallen precipitously, and I just I don't know if I can count every week like we had this last week with Alvin Kamara, where I'm just I'm going to get the hundred yards and a touchdown from him on the ground. It doesn't seem as likely as it was whenever he had this weighted opportunity of like a wide receiver two to where he was getting a 25 plus percent target share. Drew Brees is the or he is he's the best screen game quarterback. In the National Football League, he's not long for the league. They've already said there was the report this morning from Rap Sheet saying, not that we can trust anything that guy that guy says. This he's 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 fallen off this year, by the way. Uh, but but you know, he, even even he was saying that these last three weeks have really inspired confidence on Taysom Hill being the future moving forward. I don't know. I don't know how I. I, I I feel more comfortable with Saquon Barkley uh, than I do with Alvin Kamara um, right here at the very top. And I just, I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. I mean, I think when you're doing dynasty rankings at the top, the the thing that you want to make sure that you do in the first round is don't step on a landmine. So both of these players, you're not going to, we're not going to know the result of who should be fourth and who should be fifth until it's all over. Right. I mean, both of them are good picks, but Mm -hmm. when we're on the clock, you know, roster watch subscribers who want to know who should I take Saquon Barkley or should I take Alvin Kamara in a first round of a startup. And I think just going back to like the, the guiding fundamental principles of how I'm ranking dynasty players is I think dynasty is a shorter term game 
game than most think. It's a two to three year game. It's not, you know, you often hear is, oh, I'm going to have this player for the next 10 years. We might all be dead in 10 years. Who knows? <laughs> it's like, it's a, for running backs, let's think of it in two to three year windows. For wide receivers, maybe three to four year windows. Okay. That said, Saquon Barkley, yeah, better prospect probably a better running back but let's look at the situation that he's in let's look at the now uh building resume of injuries he's had and there's no doubt everything you said about alvin kamara is true it is you're almost wondering whether you could start him in your fantasy playoffs because of the drop-off that there hasn't been the short passing game from drew Brees. that's a major concern but you have to think someone like sean payton is going to get that corrected he's looking at the same things we are hey wait a second we're not getting our best short pass catcher and he has Michael Thomas too. That uh, so you have to think those things will get corrected. There's been a couple of years of banked production, and again, I don't know who's going to be right at the end. I don't know if Saquon Barkley's the better pick. I don't know if Alvin Kamara's the better pick. What I know is that I am going to fade injury optimism and given if I'm on the clock here, I prefer uh, Alvin Kamara. But I don't think there's any good reason to fight or push and pull Saquon Barkley. Everything you said is correct. Yeah, well, it's. I mean, I just, I think, I just, I don't know. Maybe as we start getting some consensus, I, I, I'm look here. Here's here's what I'm saying. I'm not comfortable going against consensus to make sure that Alvin Kamara is ahead of Saquon Barkley. If that yeah, makes I, sense, I, I like, I like. It, I'm not comfortable saying like everybody else is wrong and I'm right that that Alvin Kamara should be taken in front of Saquon Barkley because for me it's like I, I, I dude, and I think what I kind of think what David Gettleman's done over this offseason has been low-key kind of sharp. Yes. I think that Joe Judge is good. I think that their defensive coordinator, well, I forget his name, that defensive coordinator is good. I think the defense is getting better. Andrew Thomas has looked better and better you know, through the course of the season. It looks like that offensive line is starting to come around. Saquon is Saquon. Right. I, I, I just – Right. I, I, I don't know. So that's well, that's 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 my only concern is is if we start seeing it being a consensus that Alvin Kamara is going ahead of Saquon Barkley, I think it's fine. But if it turns out that we are going against the current jamming a Kamara ahead of Saquon Barkley, I feel like that's not a hill that we need to be dying on. Well, there's going to they're likely going to be back to back picks with them three picks. I mean, if Camara goes at six and Barkley goes at nine or vice versa, you're going to see it differently in different drafts. And of course, yes, there is that whole wisdom of crowds thing. What is, what is the market push and pull of that? Now we've seen Wayne Gallman break a couple big runs where he got tackled 30 yards in. Obviously Saquon would have broke those, right? But oh. now does this amazing performance. This is the same team that Saquon Barkley was getting hit in the backfield with. Now I know, like you said, you've pointed out smartly that Andrew Thomas has improved and they, they've overall, all the offenses has started to gel a little and bit the, and the defense is playing better complimentary football Abs- yeah. absolutely but now does Wayne Gallman add a little bit of see uh, of cap the ceiling of say Juan Barkley it doesn't sound like that you know that sounds crazy but maybe this is somebody that you know Saquon's had a couple of years of injuries so instead of being a 24 touch player maybe he becomes a 17 or 18 touch player uh it, it, it's possible I just think there's more question marks about Saquon Barkley he's a rock solid with risk First round pick. Uh, I like what I've seen in the banked production department from Alvin Kamara, which is why I prefer him. But your point about 
fading consensus is a dangerous game, but that's why we're doing this now. That's why we're getting ahead of everybody and hashing these thoughts out now, because often I like to go back to my original thoughts, which is right now. And cause those original thoughts get polluted by ADP. They get polluted by consensus. Well, I, I, yeah. Yeah. I get it. I get it. And I can already tell, look, we're, this is, this is just going to be a running backs podcast. We'll like do a wide receiver <laughs> one next week or something. Okay. But, um, but the, um, the, the next guy, and I like, I like the way that this generally looks. I think I like, I mean, I think I like the way it looks basically all the way down until we get down to like running back, maybe running back. Here, here's, here's a group for me running back where you have running backs 11 through 13 and you, and you know, it's the rookies. It's, it's guys like Antonio Gibson, Clyde Edwards, Elaire, Jonathan Taylor, there are a few things to me. I think that Jonathan Taylor should be on top of all those guys. Yeah. He's the best prospect. He's got the best offensive line. Um, he's, he's getting better and better. With every week that goes by, he's becoming a more and more um, – a, a sort of a less and less attainable option. I was telling you uh, in the notes that, like, I've been trying to trade away Antonio Gibson for Jonathan Taylor, like, with an extra piece, and I can't get that deal done in a pretty sharp dynasty league. So, which makes me think that the value of Jonathan Taylor has gotten to the point where it's probably a little bit higher than Antonio Gibson's right now. And when I think about Clyde Edwards-Alaire versus him, yes, he's in the better offensive system. Yeah, and I don't. And it's the question is how much do you, how much do you factor in that you know? God damn it, you know he's in the he's in the Mahomes offense. Like that's a big deal. But they've shown that he's not going to be the he's not going to be the workhorse there. He's 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 pretty slow. He looks pretty small. Um, they're not using him in the passing game the way that you would like. Uh, how did you like? What do you what do, what do you think about my uh, about my uh, my statement that Jonathan Taylor should be on top of these three? Yeah, Jonathan Taylor is squarely back in the circle of trust, isn't he? You remember yeah. a couple weeks ago when we were well, you couldn't even start him. Yeah. Uh, dynasty for dynasty players and dynasty discussions, we sure not when I say we, I mean the dynasty players, the dynasty analysts. We sure are. What have you done for me lately? Who's the hot guy this week? Right? We we get swayed by that. Uh, now with a toe injury to Antonio Gibson and Jonathan Taylor producing a couple twenty pointers, uh, we're swinging the other way. Yes, you uh, roster watch had Jonathan Taylor's their clear cut or. RB1 in this class. And when you have someone as your RB1, you're not saying, hey, they're definitely going to be the number one overall guy. You're saying, hey, this is the rock guy that we are confident is going to finish as a top two or three rookie running back. And you were right. Uh, and it looks like all the rookies are coming on now. It's funny. For the whole season, we had Antonio, uh, Antonio Gibson, who was mostly startable, and James Robinson were the two best rookie running backs. Now, as we're getting into the stretch run of the seasons, it, Swift is gonna, about to come on. Uh, you, know, you have uh, Taylor, who's back in the circle of trust, and Cam Akers has some optimism around him. So Now, also, the other thing, when you said that you could trade away Gibson for, uh, for Taylor, the yeah. problem is... People know about you, Alex. They know that you, even in a sharp league, that you are amongst the sharp evaluators. Anytime that you want to do a challenge trade, and what I mean by that, a pos- same positional trade, people are going to be dubious and skeptical. You're going to have. I to even added it. a throw in. I I added yeah. a Sterling Shepard and couldn't. Yeah, get it pe- people are on to you. They automatically think that you're up to something because of who you are. Now, you in a room of strangers, aliens that didn't know who you are, that's one thing. So you're going to have to. Um, uh, be able to add a little more trickery. No one's going to do a challenge trade with you. All right. Well, all right. Well, so let me just, you mentioned James Robinson and I mean, he, he's been the best rookie this year. Uh, like he's, wasn't the best prospect coming out, 
We certainly, we certainly loved him. We were on to him before anybody else. We drafted him on all of our season-long teams, wherever other people, you know, waited to pick him up off of waivers. And to me, there's a juxtaposition here at this point in the rankings where Miles Sanders is sort of around there too. Yeah. Miles Sanders is only a year older than James Robinson. James Robinson's an old rookie. Um, he's an undrafted free agent. He doesn't have any pedigree attached to his name in the NFL draft. He's going to have a new general manager who is not going to keep – I don't think that they'll keep the Marone around or any of these guys or you know Gruden. It's going to be a whole new offensive system. The worry with James Robinson that I would think that you would see is that a new regime might not be committed to this UDFA Jag, you know, I guess he's a jag in two different ways. Right. Um, but 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 it, but it, here's the here's the other thing. Couldn't a new general manager come in there and say if he's a, if he's if he's sharp, he could say, "Holy shit, look at this guy. He looks like he looks like a Maurice Jones Drew. I have him on I have him on a UDFA contract for the next 3 years. He's shown he can hold up for the rest of the time." Look, I got running back taken care of. We all know this is not where you want to dedicate resources. Like, let's like let's get things going with with J Rob here. Let's build around the offense. They're gonna have the what the number two pick, so they're probably gonna get Justin Fields that they're gonna want to build around. And then, I mean, dude, imagine 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 James Robinson standing next to a zone read style runner that can hurt you with his legs. We know the effect that that can have on these guys. I I I, I mean. It, sure they'll bring in competition sure they'll do all this but I mean how much does I mean there, there's an argument that he should be offensive rookie of the year like at what point do we at what point do we trust him to be like well I look, look up against Miles Sanders he's got a donkey for a head coach he has a guy that won't play him he's got that's shown that he's committed to a committee was Miles Sanders the better prospect yes he was the much better prospect but it's like they put in fuck if he's the, like if he's so good a prospect why is Boston Scott playing why is Corey Clement playing why do they fucking activate to the 53 man roster jordan howard and get him in in the second quarter of the game last week it's like i don't i can't trust the coaching staff i don't know what's going on at the quarterback position um so how do we how do we like i don't know how do we how, how do we dice up these two because if it was me and my you put a gun on my head and i'm in, in a draft lobby and i'm choosing between james robinson and miles sanders i'm clicking on james robinson yeah. And if that all great points, the NFL head coaches are more like redraft players. Like if they don't get it right, right now, they're getting fired. Whereas di- GMs are more like dynasty players, right? GMs are more like, Hey, I have a two to three year window. And you know, when you talk about dynasty rankings, I think you got to talk about players that are insulated. And what I mean by insulated uh, are what are their contracts look like? How many years are they guaranteed? And what is the, uh, what is their draft pedigree? All right. So Miles Sanders probably is insulated from a perspective of that. He is, you know, he was a second round pick um, yeah. and he's, you know, he was, you took him in your dynasty league. You took him with the top three pick James Robinson. All he did was produce. Um, he is in bad no- game in bad it, game scripts as an underdog. And like, and, every- the, and, P, and people in DFS are just like, they're like, I don't, I don't get this dude. Yeah. It's like he's a 10-point underdog. This is the lowest total on the goddamn week. And all he does is put up 27-point fucking games. It's yeah. just like, imagine if that team got better. Imagine if the offensive line was better. Imagine if they did some things that like I if they put if, if they did some things to actually put themselves in scoring position more often. 
he he's a free square for the next GM. So all these draft, all the draft capital that they've accumulated, one of them was going to be allocated to a high pedigree running back. Now they don't need to do that. They all they need to do is, you know, you and I've uh, talked about if they sign someone. I know he's a restricted free agent like Gus Edwards. I think James Robinson will get a backfield mate. I don't think that they're just going to say, hey, he may be an eighteen touch player next year. Uh, but you know, I'm, my ranking of him assumes that there's going to be another running back that's going to be a, a five to eight touch player and i think that's a conservative estimate you're absolutely right to be excited about james robinson i am too it's just that his lack of insulation his lack of attachment to the team um could be a good thing or a bad thing and i think that uh people will be dubious because he is a udfa but uh you're you're wanting to push him up the board uh feels feels right to me Okay. Well, how about this other, what about Joe Mixon? Because he's 24. He's just, he's gotten paid. We don't have any of the concerns with him about the organization's um, feelings toward him. Uh, Every time that we've been, every time I've addressed these guys at the combine, like I remember, you know, it's just, if you juxtapose the way that say Bob Quinn used to talk about carry on Johnson when I would pester him. And he say stuff like, yeah, you know, we could be pretty, you know, we, we like him, you know, he's a good, he's a good player. You know, he's, uh, we might need to bring some guys in to, you know, we want to keep these guys fresh. We really fuck about it. And then you go, you go and ask, you go and ask about uh, Joe Mixon, you know, to uh, what's his name? He's not the GM. He's the EVP of person uh, Duke, Duke Tobin. You go and ask Duke Tobin about Joe Mixon and it's like, oh, he's our bell cow. Like yeah. the like the offense, uh, the the offense is, is isn't the same without him. I mean, you've been you've been watching, haven't you? Like you've been watching. It's, it's almost like what the fuck are you even asking me this for? Like, what like what is this dumbass shit? Like what are you even asking for? Of course you can see it. Like he answers questions like that. That organization really likes Mixon. He's young. And then I I don't feel like this fucking this injury. I, it's see, it's been bad for this year, much worse than we thought. But it's not like it's a torn ACL or an Achilles or something like that. He's going to be fine next year. They're going to be they're going to they're going to have to address the offensive line because all yeah. the phone lines are be blown up in Cincinnati. The radio calling all fucking off season long, saying like, "You guys need to protect Burrow. What the hell are you doing? You let him get his ACL torn like like all this stuff." They're gonna they're they're gonna invest in the offensive line. It's a Joe Burrow offense. They drop back and pass the football, you know, sixty times a game. They're gonna be in shootouts. They're gonna be down near the goal line. And you've even seen, man, it's been so frustrating without with, with without Joe Mixon. You see them having to run Giovanni Bernard and Samaj P Ryan between the tackles down at the goal line. Those were touchdowns in the fantasy column for you. If it's Joe Mixon, I I feel. I mean, is he not? Do we, can we not consider him? I mean, is he not an RB1 in Dynasty? Shouldn't he be an RB1? I think you identified the reason why I have him as a was it the twenty fourth run, ranked running back or the twenty what do I ha- where do I have him there let's say seventeenth seventeenth so uh, I think Cincinnati finally is going to be embarrassed into bolstering their offensive line when Joe Mixon came out I actually liked him better uh, than than Dalvin Cook that's obviously been proven to be incorrect for fantasy but from a talent perspective uh, I, I was I, I thought he looked a lot like Le'Veon Bell in his college tape and the problem awesome. is I underestimated how bad. I've always had you always heard chatter and I've heard from you guys talk about how bad the Cincinnati offensive line was. It, it just it's too it, it's 
he's been getting hit two yards in the backfield. And we saw the upside with Joe Mixon. That's why I don't want to push him any lower. But your you're, you're multiple years of him not producing in the first half of the fantasy season, I don't know if you could take that gamble with your second-round dynasty pick, with your early third-round dynasty pick. Mm-hmm. I think that Joe Mixon, again, all the talent is there. All the things are set up for him. I don't think we're going to see Joe Burrow in the first six weeks. He's of- only 24, dude. Like you cannot take you cannot take Miles Sanders ahead of Mixon. Okay, so I, you know I, that that is an interesting debate right there. Uh, I, I'm one to think that the the Eagles' offense is going to revert back. I think they're going to make the changes. That that organization, even though it's been uh, you know mind boggling what's happened to it is from offensive perspective. Uh, they have proven that they've been able to put it together. Uh, yeah, your, your point about Joe Mixon being the superior player and the workhorse with the allotted workhorse role. It's absolutely correct. I think that there's a good argument to make there. I want to see what, ha- I mean, what would happen if, if Miles Sanders comes out and just dominates the last four weeks, uh, our mindset might flip there. With uh, <laughs> the schedule they have coming up, I don't, I'm not yeah, sure that's going to happen. Right. I mean, if they, but if he gets five, six dump off, a game who knows that's what i want to see i want to see how jalen hurts plays with him i know there's a lot of pessimism on jalen hurts i've seen uh his weekly ranking against the saints go high go low i, I think that he's going to be all right i mean you what do you what were your initial uh thoughts on jalen hurts and again i don't want to pivot away from your question about Mixon, but hurts is uh college production from a running perspective which we know could be good for the running backs um what was what did you guys have on hurts before the draft I mean, are we talking about his sophomore year at Channel View High School here in Texas? And like, oh, I mean, go down. Had, like, I mean, I've been I've been watching Jay, I've been watching Jalen Hurts since, since he was a sophomore in high school down at these camps. I I know his dad, Coach Hurts, and to you know what, man. To be honest, you know, Charlie Strong and Sean Watson, those guys didn't 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 even offer him, um, which was interesting. I thought he looked pretty good at the first camp that I saw him at. Obviously, a coach's son. Um, good player. Not not the not the best player at Alabama. I didn't think he was. Uh, I I did I didn't think he was anything special at Alabama. Then he gets with Lincoln Riley, and just like what Lincoln Riley does with these dudes, he you know he 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 has him make quick decisions. He teaches the I don't I don't know how Lincoln Riley does it with just simply. They've always said that anticipation is something you can't teach, and I said, well, look at fucking Jalen Hurts because mm-hmm. Jay, because because Jalen Hurts at Alabama would have to throw to an open man whereas at Oklahoma he would throw to a spot and he would throw the guys open and and, that, and and so like I don't know I like I don't I don't I don't think that Peterson's a QB whisperer I think he's I think that he's a bit of a fraud and that Frank Reich yeah. was the reason for the he's reason the for that got away right a, Frank a lot of what the Eagles did you know so I don't know, man. I, I, I don't I don't know what to think about Jalen Hurts. I, di- I don't want to talk out of both sides of my mouth because I said earlier with James Robinson, I like the idea of him standing next to a running quarterback. We know that Jalen Hurts, well, he's not the super fast dude. He's super athletic. And if you watch back the Oklahoma stuff, he's kind of like more one of these like I, I, I'm talking about your big 12 guys, but he's like one, more one of these like 2019 Sam Ellinger type runners where he was like a truck, big, strong, powerful young man with good enough speed you're not going to worry about him getting out in the open and taking hits even from nfl uh, caliber defensive players so i think that it's i i he's there's no guarantee you can stamp on any of these guys boxes and i i wouldn't i wouldn't say that Jay, you know jalen hurst doesn't fall into the second round if he's a super awesome prospect that was a can't miss but yeah. i'm certainly interested and excited to see it it can't be much worse than wins has been 
Yeah, I, first of all, just side note here, parenthesis, like, I love the way you talk about football, Alex Dunlap. I really do. I, I it's, you know, like, I see, like, your face change when you talk about these prospects going back. It, it, it gets me juiced up to talk to you, you know? This is this is uh, exciting. Uh, yeah, now, Jalen Hurts, the, the college production that last year with the 20 rushing touchdowns, the, what was it, 1,500 rushing yards, that matters. That matters to me. I'm on the side where... I think this could happen. Now, yes, the question is, he fell to the second round. Where would, If the Eagles didn't take him, where would he have gone? How far would he have fallen? But everyone thought Lamar Jackson, uh, you know, th- how did he fall to pick 32? How did Hayden Hurst get drafted ahead of uh, Lamar Jackson? Um, all interesting questions, and we may not have the answer after Sunday because it is the Saints' defense. But going back to your original question is, Miles Sanders, and the reason we got to Jalen Hurts is because we were talking about Sanders versus Mixon. It's an interesting debate. But we, how can we ignore the uh, that Cincinnati ignoring the offensive line? We hope that it gets better. I just don't think Burrow is going to be back. I'm fading injury optimism here for the first six weeks, eight weeks of the season, and with a with so far no no resume of putting together a good offensive line. Burrow out for two months. I, I'm not going to have a hard time taking Mixon in the two three turn in my dynasty startups. Yeah, well, I mean, I just. Hey, he's just he's he's young he's an he's, he's an incredible talent well, just, yep. these are things we're gonna have we're, we're gonna get half we're gonna have to get hashed yeah. out and he has and he has contract insulation for at least two more years yeah okay what about chris carson who has no contract insulation he's 26 he's always hurt it seems like seattle might value him and i hate to say it because you know our 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 good friend our good friend just signed him he's gonna be doing his doing his mm-hmm. uh gonna, gonna be gonna be doing his deal and um I think he'll be gone from Seattle, but maybe not. I mean, Seattle really does like him. Um, it feels like, I don't know. Do you think it would be, he would be better off somewhere else? Because the fact of the matter is, even though Seattle seems to like him, they, they're always bringing in a Carlos Hyde or a DJ Dallas or Travis Homer or any of these dudes. And I know Chris Carson's been banged up so far and let's try and fade the recency bias of it. But the fact of the matter is if you, even if you don't, there's always complimentary guys there. It's always something. And you know what? He's always kind of missing time. Uh, he, he's, he's, if it's not for injuries, it's for fumbles or stuff like that. I just, I don't, I don't know how much I really like Chris Carson over guys who are five years younger Right. Like Cam Akers, or even David Montgomery, who's three years younger, who's uh, you know talk about recency bias. I mean, I'm being very recency if I'm saying right. that I actually yeah, like right. him. We all but, we all do it. We all are uh, recency bias. But, but but certainly Akers. I mean, I, I guess I could never imagine taking Chris Carson over Cam Akers in the 2021 Dynasty startup. Yeah, it sounds it sounds crazy because the age, but look, Sean McVay has told us one thing with his game plan: sixteen weeks, sixteen different game plans. Right now, it's Acres. A few weeks ago, it was uh, <laughs> it was Daryl Henderson. Before that, it was Malcolm Brown. I'm saying is that in Dynasty, we 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 do should pay attention to age, but it's a two to three year window, especially for the running backs. What are they going to do next season? What are they going to do the season after? And you smartly pointed out that we don't know where Chris Carson's going to land. All right now. It seems like a team like Seattle would try to resign him, but I mean, it wouldn't be such a bad thing if Chris Carson uh, replaces Todd Gurley as the Atlanta running back or a team like that that's looking for a running back. So I think if he fell to Atlanta, I could see it. Ha- if he went to Atlanta, I could see it happening. But I just I, I think Akers, 
look, man, they don't, they don't, Malcolm Brown is, they're not going to keep Malcolm Brown. They don't like Daryl Henderson. I just, I don't, I just, I think Akers being literally, literally five years younger. Akers is so young. He's one of the youngest running back prospects in this class. And we've seen it. He's fine. Like the genie's out of the bottle now. Yep. I actually, I actually like him. He's playing tonight, didn't he? Uh, yeah, like it, yes, against New England. I have a decision to make about him in one of my, and actually in one of in one of my own dynasty leagues, whether I'm going to yeah. even play him. Well, or who is it? Acres, Acres, or who? Uh, well, it would be Acres or Acres or a wide receiver. So it would be Acres or uh, I guess Curtis Samuel. Yeah, I mean, and, who's who's in the circle of trust? I mean, that's a tough decision right there. Well, if and, DJ Moore does, if DJ, I'm not going to know whether whether DJ Moore is going to go, and I, I I don't even know whether Curtis Samuel was a close contact, or whether he has COVID, or what the deal is. So I yeah. might just have to go Cam Akers, regardless. Yeah, that makes <laughs> sense. But and your point about age is absolutely right. But let's think about you know, it's funny. I saw a poll on Twitter, and this this will play into perfect what we were just talking about about. The five years to age difference, the situation, it said the poll that I thought was interesting was what is your favorite part of dynasty fantasy football? And let me just read you what the options in the percentage were. There was four of them. Trading was 30%. This is people who answered their favorite part of dynasty football. Lots of draft picks, 20%. Teams with young players and upside, 15%. And winning a championship, only 37%. That means that 30% of people like trading and have, or 50% of people like having picks and trading more than they like winning. And that is true. You've been in these dynasty leagues. People love to win, but they like the other things better. They really do. Uh, and it, uh, we all, we like winning. We like winning. Uh, yeah. Well, I like, I, I like both. I mean, I have, I, I have in, in this, in this league that I'm in right now, I thought I was going to be tanking uh, this this up this particular year uh, that was after I had made a big move to make it to the champion losing the championship last year. Um, I used my one eleven. This is a Debbie league, mm-hmm. so I, I I had already taken to a bunch of twenty twenty one guys. This is a league where I do have Najee Harris, I have Travis Etienne, I have Rondell Moore, I have all these guys on my taxi squad. And like all of a sudden, I'm back in the I'm back in the playoffs. But like it's just you can you you can win and build for the future at the same time. But the most important thing you're always thinking about is winning a championship, unless you know you're unless well, you know you're completely out, right? right? And then and then you know and then the, your best move is to definitely definitely start thinking about thinking about the future. But I just I man, I think Cam Aker. I just look, it's we, fair. We need to, fair we need to, we need to put a little asterisk by Chris Carson. We can't have him quite that high. Um. Um, what his, a, land, his landing spot will ultimately determine his ranking because if he ends up in a two-headed committee with, say, with Todd Gurley, just, I'm just making up a hypothetical, then we drop him way down, right? Yeah, I mean, it, yes. so his landing spot will shift his ranking. But that's why we're just putting up the foundation of the house right now, and then the rankings become dynamic all the way through the offseason. Just a couple more of these guys I wanted to touch yeah. on. Um, Damian Harris, it looks like he's kind of coming into his own. I don't know if they'll bring, even bring back Rex Burkhead. Sony Michelle is just – He's complete dust. He's going to be withered away and done. Um, I I think that I think Damian Harris is a good is it pretty good own in in dynasty and I think I like him more than I know I like him more than Devin Singletary who's a small like what is what is what is uh, he's small he's, he's small. five eight uh, like two oh five four six six forty yeah he, he can't yeah. catch. Like what does he fucking do? You know, I mean, he he's had some he's he's had some nice moments, but I look, man. All offseason, we heard about how Damian Harris was going to be involved in the receiving game. He is uh, he's he is 
He's one of the probably the top three receivers in all of Patriots camp behind like Edelman and I forgot James White or something like that. Um, we haven't seen that part of his game at all this year. I'm wondering if that part of his game could maybe develop or come along. I know we don't want to bet on the come with him, but right. from what we've seen, I, there's no way I'm putting Devin Singletary in my lineups in fantasy football right now. But I have in recent weeks on good fantasy fo- playoff bound fantasy football teams been putting Damian Harris in my lineups. And Damian Harris' situation looks like it's going to continue to improve. I, I I understand liking, you know, being attached to that offense with Josh Allen, but Zach Moss is just such a bigger threat than anything that anything that Damian Harris has to deal with. How do you see the the dichotomy be, between those two? Yeah, all, all good points. All good points. And I think when we talk about like these clusters of players, it's similar to how you guys do your redraft uh, cheat sheets, where uh, if players are touching, they're you know, mostly interchangeable. But right. for dynasty rankings, we want to know which player you should take above the other player. I mean, that's when you're on the clock, you want to know what to do. Uh, so everything you said is right. But now we're going into year three with Damian Harris, and we haven't had the big breakout, right? So running backs, you want to see when you draft them, you want to see them go right away. The counter argument to that is obviously it doesn't have a lot of tread on the tire. And, you know, traditionally, um, New England has always had a committee backfield. So they haven't been, they're not really startable, right? I mean, obviously, if you're pinned against the wall, you can start Damian Harris right now, right? Because it's cleared out. Rex Burkhead is out. James and he's kind of been okay. He's kind of been okay. Yeah, he's been okay. But what do we want in our PPR dynasty leagues? We want players that catch the football or we want players that have good touchdown equity, right? That's how we make our hand. But now we're talking about RB30, right? So we're just talking about startable running backs, not bench depth at this point. So yeah, I mean, it, it, uh, Damian Harris is startable as a low-end option, uh, and there is some upside there. But I'm not confident that he's not going to get a backfield mate next year, that his upside won't be limited. So there is upside, and you're making a, a great case over Devin Singletary, who has a, a, a backfield uh, co-starter, let's call him, that is a threat to his uh, workload. So, yeah, those two are in a similar tier. They're, and I think it's a week-to-week proposition. It's like pick your flavor. Which offense do you like? Who's going to be the quarterback of the New England Patriots next year? Is it going to be Cam Newton? Is it Jared Stidham? Is it a free agent? We know that Josh Josh Allen is going to be the quarterback. We know that that's going to be one of the top 10 offenses. Uh, so when in doubt, I defer to the quarterback, but I don't have a good argument to tell you, hey, I'm right. You're wrong about this guy. It's what's the flavor? What's the quarterback? What's the offense? Okay. Two more guys I want to talk to you about. And we have this dude, Frank Avalon. Uh, th- thanks to Michael Yeager, man. It's, I'm just seeing he's, 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 a, he's asking a bunch of questions. Someone traded a first two and Gibson for Russell, and he ain't cooking. So this guy's saying um, – Frank Gavilee's saying even if he stays in Seattle, Penny being healthy will take away Carson touches. That's true about Penny. And I look at Penny down here. It's like maybe he should be higher up as well. Young, good prospect. You know, we could be betting on the fact that Carson being gone. I can't believe that they they, they spent a first pick on him. Um, but th- this other guy just wanted to I wanted to mention what about Justin Jackson? Because I couldn't believe he's only going to be twenty four. Yeah. And um, you know, it's like I'm looking at the guys right guys like. I mean, how can we be below guys like Darrington Evans and Jordan Wilkins and some like we need to move him up into a different tier entirely? I think because Eckler, what was his Eckler signed the four year twenty four point five million. He's, he's through 
He's is guaranteed he next year. That's it. He's only they can get rid of him in the in the twenty twenty two. Right. So he's okay. guaranteed to be on the roster. Um, but he's affordable in twenty two. So as long as he comes through this year, he'll be on that roster the following uh-huh. year. But, but nothing guaranteed after this year. Do Do you think? Do, don't you think though that in the Justin Herbert offense and maybe with a in an offense where they might be, they might stay committed to Austin Eckler, who is a little bit of an injury risk. That Justin Jackson. A guy who, I mean, I know Anthony Lynn won't be there next. Jesus, I hope Anthony Lynn's not there next year. But Anthony Lynn has said that's a key to our running game. He's the most versatile back that we have. All this stuff like that, or not the most, not the most versatile. I forgot what he said. The most, um, I'd have to go back and look at the combine the quote yep. from him. But it was the most, uh, he some sort of superlative, you know, like a, like an important back in some important way, and. He's also made quotes that the offense is going to kind of revolve revolve around him. So they like him. Anthony Lynn will be gone, though. He's young. If he does stay in Los Angeles with a young quarterback that we love as much as Herbert and a good offense, a good division, even if he is a 40-60 type of guy and he's the sort of between the tackles and goal line guy, those sorts of those sorts of roles in these kinds of offenses can can certainly pay off. And he has the added value of being just a premium, premium level handcuff. If anything could happen to Eckler, I mean, we've seen what's happened. To, I mean, Caitlin fucking Bellage rose from the grave in this offense this year. Yeah. So he, again, good points about Justin Jackson. I think his uh, his inability to stay on the field consistently through a few seasons now depresses his ranking but you're right when you're getting into this part of the running back rankings you're not looking who's going to be an every week starter you're like hey who can get me through two or three weeks if this plausible event happens and justin jackson probably i'm making a note as you were talking to push him up uh we haven't seen darrington evans um you know so we haven't seen him on an nfl field yet so we don't really know derrick henry has been like the terminator and terminator two just doesn't matter what you do to him he just keeps ticking i mean a, a lot of punishment and just he's never he's never even on the injury report i mean that's what you love about a player like that so we may not get to see darrington evans so i yes he probably deserves a tear bump and that's why we're hashing this out uh but justin jackson's fragility his uh his his, basically uh, his health it was depressed his ranking for me but you're right in some of those uh some of those leagues where i needed to start him for a couple weeks uh he was a useful player and that's what you're looking for in the 40s and 50s in these rankings (laughs) 